And, and good mentors can be hard to find because you have to be really clear with yourself about what you, you want and what direction you want to take. And that, to me, can be the hardest thing because when something isn't working, then you think that it's you and you start to blame yourself. And many times it can be the way you're structuring your journey, you know, that you're not really clear about what path you need to be taking. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, what's going on? This is Brie Noble, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. I am really excited today to be talking to Kirsty Manna of Songwriter Girl Camp and songwritergirl.com. She has got some really great insights for you. But before we get to her interview, I want to mention something really cool that you guys can get involved in because she has offered to give something free to my audience. And I am so excited to be able to hold a contest to have one winner to go to her Songwriter Girl camp in Nashville in June. So all you need to do to enter the contest is go to femmusician.com slash contest. And we will have a page there where you can enter. And you can also definitely send that those out to any musicians that you know that would want to enter this. Obviously, they need to be a female artist. But um, the more people that enter through your link, the more entries you get and the bigger chance you have of winning this free ticket. It is going to be such a great event. And she talks about it in our interview. But definitely just go to femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as an entrepreneur, musician.com slash contest and enter to win a ticket to Songwriter Girl Camp. Here's a little info about Kirsty Manna. Kirsty Manna's six-week number one hit, Austin, introduced Blake Shelton from NBC's The Voice to country radio. She's the go-to person for inspirational information, empowering women and girls to find their creative voice. And as I said, she's also the creator of Songwriter Girl Camp. Here is my interview with Kirsty Manna. So that's a little bit about Kirsty Manna. So Kirsty, is there anything about yourself that you think our listeners need to know that's maybe not in your bio? Well, I, I had a really interesting life. I actually uh, studied acting for quite a while, and I had a kids' television show that was on called Kirsty's Manor, where I created all these different characters, and it was kind of like a Tracy Allman show for kids. And and I also, uh, for a while, did artist outreach for a children's museum here in Nashville as a character called Tina Ticcolini that I created that supported music uh about how the body works and that project is called giggles and goosebumps and it's uh recorded in three languages 
So the, the Tina Ticcolini was kind of an alter ego for me for a while. I'm part Italian, and and so her persona was Italian, and so it was a lot of fun, you know, to be zany. And when you're in a character mode, and when you're in a costume, it's really fun to connect with kids because you know they're so imaginative and they they see you as that character and all the zaniness that I brought to that character. You know, I had a good time connecting with children in Nashville and in the surrounding areas. And I traveled somewhat doing that character. That so that's something that's fun. Little, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that's a little bit different. You know, uh, I actually wrote the songs with a girl that I went to high school with who also lives in Nashville. And, um, and so I did that for quite a while, you know, and I would do book festivals and, you know, I went to schools, did outreach. I had experiments that I did that supported the songs. It, it was really a lot of fun. My, my niece's friends still call me Tina, and they're, you know, now they're 14 years old. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, how, thank how you. did you get started in music? Well, I started in music at a, at a very young age. I had really supportive parents who took me to be in theatrical productions. I started out in musical theater. And the first play I was ever in was called the you know the Sound of Music. I played the youngest daughter, Gretel. Oh, so uh, yeah, so uh, that was the first theatrical production I did. But I started singing when I was really little, and would sing at different garden clubs and things like that that my mom got me into. You know, uh, even when I was in elementary school, wow. and I studied piano. So. I've really been immersed in it as long as I can remember. And, uh, and so it's just been a great life and a great journey because I've gotten to do so many different things in regards to my music and creativity. Now, what made you decide to continue in music as a career, like after high school? I just, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. You know, I went to college and I have a bachelor's degree in music ed and my major was piano there. And I just, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I had a degree to teach, but I didn't want to teach school per se. And then I married a a guy from the area that I grew up in, which is Poland, Ohio, which is around Youngstown. His name is Bill Warner. And we came to Nashville together and got signed as as a writing team, as a songwriting team. And Bill is a producer engineer now. And so he, he moved into that world and we played shows together. We had an act together. So I've just always been immersed, you know, I had a lot of plates spinning in regards to making music. Well, why did you realize that you were a writer? Well, I think just out of necessity, really, because I came to Nashville, Bill and I started writing songs together before we came to Nashville. And then when we got here, we saw the value of you know being artists that wrote and so we got signed to a small publishing company for a couple of years and we just wrote a lot of songs and then Bill kind of got out of writing for a while and I went on the road with an artist who was on Columbia Records by the name of Joylyn White and I was on the road with her for a few years and when I came off the road is when I really put my nose down and got super serious about trying to make something happen with it commercially. Hmm. So at at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician? Like, do you make all your income from like a bunch of different, you know, income streams that relate to music or do you have some other income streams? I make all of my money 
from the music business in one way or the other. I'm really fortunate that way. I also, beyond being a, a writer and publisher, you know, I publish other people's music too. So I'm working with other writers in that respect. And I also perform in a Carol King, James Taylor show that I created with my partner. It's called You've Got a Friend. And we perform with symphonies and we travel around the country and, and do that. So I still get to do that because I love to perform. And then in, in teaching, which I've now gotten way more into in the last 10 years because of my songwriter girl camps and other events I've done branching off from that, you know, teaching is, is kind of performing in a way, uh, you know, because you have to be really on, you have to be really together and ready for the people that are coming as you facilitate workshops and, and different events, you know, so, so I really enjoy that. And when I got out of college, I wasn't so keen on being a teacher, but my journey with all the music and everything that I've created just seemed to point me more and more in that way. And, and you know, it started with the whole Tina Tigalini thing with doing the kids' music because I was going out as, as artist outreach to schools. And so I was morphing into that more and more as, as the years went by. So, but I'm really fortunate to be able to make my music from make make my income rather from music and and related parts of the music business let me say that now we have a lot of you know i'd say struggling musicians um artists okay. songwriters that listen to the show and you know was there ever a period in time for you where you felt like oh, this just isn't working like oh my gosh i'm banging my head against the wall i feel like i'm not making progress and you know how did you push through that what made you have the, you know, the strength of character, the strength within to push through that? And what did you learn from that experience? Well, I, I've always had a lot of support in, in my suggestion and tip to anybody that's listening is that you have to find real support around you. And I don't necessarily mean always financial support, all that, all of that really helps hmm. to perpetuate your career but to have people around you that are very honest with you and that can mentor you. And, and good mentors can be hard to find because you have to be really clear with yourself about what you, you want and what direction you want to take. And that, to me, can be the hardest thing because when something isn't working, then you think that it's you and you start to blame yourself. And many times it can be the way you're structuring your journey you know, that you're not really clear about what path you need to be taking. And I think it's important to understand why you're put on the earth. And so many times we want to rage against the machine with something that we don't really, we don't really know that as well as we think we do. We think it just ends up being something that we really want to do or something that somebody told us to do. So for me, it always was about breakthroughs with being becoming more clear about what I wanted to do and what I needed to do. And I, I don't ever think it's, it's a good idea to give up, but sometimes we just have to follow that turn that life is taking us on and accept that gift that we, that we get, you know, from the universe, so to speak, about what, what road we need to take. And that can be a really hard choice to make, you know, but I, I just, 
I don't know any other way to say it than just being really clear about what you want to do and always stay really focused and not get caught up in, in hanging out with the obstacles because they can really, they can really make you get up in your head and they can really mess with you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I mean, that's one reason that I created, you know, I have the female musician Academy and I created these five stages of music career growth because I see so many artists that are in like the earlier stages. They're looking at these artists that are a few years ahead of them. And then they try to like emulate everything that they do, but it's not going to work for them at the stage they're at. And so they're going to just feel like, well, I'm a failure or why isn't this working for me? It could work for them in a couple of years when they've built this, this, and this, you know? Oh, that is so true. And thank you for what you do for artists because Everybody out there, we all need as much as as much encouragement as we can get, and as much real advice as you can get too. And I think in in the the time we live in with social media and everything changing in the music business and, and in the creative world as fast as we can imagine it to to to, to do, I think that uh, making sure that you're patient and doing the work. And I don't mean that you you know, you have to not work smart because I think working smart is a very good thing. But you you have to do the work and you cannot get caught up in comparisons. That is such a downfall for artists because you never know what somebody else's road was, what their what their journey was, what their struggle was. I even hate to use the word struggle, but, but you have to really uh, look at other people and learn from them and not compare yourself to them. And I think that is a really, and especially for women, for girls and women, I think that is a big pitfall. So when you feel yourself, you listeners out there, when you feel yourself starting to compare yourself to other people, just remember that you are uniquely beautiful and wonderful and created uniquely for this world. And so you have to be clear about how you are unique. And I always tell people to think about what's your hook you know, which is a thing songwriters say, hey, what's the hook? We, what, are we, what hook are we going to write today? What title? And, you know, think about what your hook is because it's, it's unique. And that is what sets you apart from others is being wonderfully unique in your own right and, and going after that fearlessly. That might be a long answer for your question, but... <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. I just actually went through a five-day training about all about that, like figuring out, you know, what are your personal assets in your personal narrative that are unique to you and how can you express those in different ways? And, you know, what stories should you be telling and all that? Yes. I think are super important. Yeah. And finding the people to work with you that are a fit because you cannot do this thing on your own. There are so many moving parts to being, let's just say you want to be a a writer, artist, you know, an artist that, that writes all their own songs, singer, songwriter, you know, whatever you want to call yourself in that respect. But there are so many moving parts to that. There's so many things about your career that you need help with. And so it's good to always being, to be asking and trying to attract the perfect fit for you. And, and they're out there, you know, there's a fit for all of us, for all the things that we want to achieve we just have to be really open to accepting them and receiving them from whatever direction they come. And also, you can't choose your fans. Your fans choose you. And so, 
you just have to, again, not be comparing yourself to other people. I mean, when you're a new artist, it's very hard not to say, oh, I'm like Lady Gaga meets John Mayer, whoever it is, you know, that you're combining. <laughs> it's really hard to not do that because the world loves labels. And so um, you might have to do that at the beginning, but not comparing yourself individually to those artists is the point I'm trying to get at is, is don't try to be so much like them that if you're not like them, you just, you're just going to go up in your head and never come back out again. So, you know, there's, there's to me, there's like three kinds of artists. There's people that get way up in their head and they never come out, or there's people that get criticized and then they stop and they just can't find any way to move on. And then there's people that just take all the criticism and they take it with a grain of salt and they use it to their best and they, they move on and they move forward and they become greater and greater all the time. So you just have to figure out who you are. And I hope you're the third one. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. (laughs) So did you have any mentors along the way that you can point to that you're like, yeah, that's, this person really changed, you know, the way I looked at the industry or the way that I saw myself and my contribution? Sure. Well, one of my biggest mentors was my mom, of course. Uh, she was she was so uh, incredibly supportive of me in my whole career as, I mean, from when I was a little kid uh, up to this very minute. And uh, another person who was a great mentor for me was an acting coach I had by the name of Tom Caps, and he really opened my world up in the sense of how I looked at creativity and uh, one book that he had us read for our master classes with the, was The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it it really changed my creative life by reading that book and, and doing everything in that book. It changed how I viewed myself and, and how I wanted to use my art in the world and how I wanted to impact people and inspire people. So uh, he was another one. And then a vocal coach that I had that passed away now here in Nashville, her name was Phoebe Binkley. And she coached, uh, coached a lot of different uh, recording artists but she was just an amazing person and her positivity and how she always encouraged um, me and everybody that she worked with is, is just unprecedented in my opinion. <laughs> it, mm. it chokes me up to even speak about her because she, we just lost her about a year ago and she, she was just an amazing, amazing force in so many people's lives. So oh. those are the three I have to, I have to hold up. That's awesome. And I mean, the, the art, it's funny that you mentioned the artist way, cause that's just become a, a discussion in, uh, in my academy recently and people are buying it and using it. And I remember using that book like at least 10 years ago when I was oh, yeah. writing my first major album and it's just, it's such a good inspiration. So I'll have to be sure and put that in the show notes. Um, so I want to talk to you about why you decided to start the songwriter girl camp and how oh. you do it. Sure. Oh, thanks for asking me that. Well, I used to go and speak at a lot of different talent events. My husband, Bill, and I did. And uh, so I was speaking in them for a while. And I noticed that whenever uh, guys would enter the room, a lot of girls, and there, you know, there'd be a lot of young people there. I'm talking like teens and late teens, early 20s. The girls would really change their behavior, how they reacted, how they, how they responded. And interacted with each other and with me. So I thought it would be a lot of fun to do my own event. And since I'm a songwriter girl and, and, you know, women call each other girls all the time. I decided I wanted to call it 
call my company Songwriter Girl. And uh, that's what I am too. So I started hosting events and my very first event was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm like I said, around from Youngstown, Ohio, and some people that I knew up there were really into my ideas. And so they helped me put that first event on. And then all my other events were in Nashville. And I did, I've done events, Song or Girl events all over the world in Alaska, Germany, California, Florida, all kinds of places. And it's been really exciting. And so I just started putting together how I would host my own event. And, um, and so I started to pull together people that I thought would be interesting for others to meet industry pros and I would hold pan- I hold panels at my camps, and I'm celebrating my 10th year this year, uh, my 10 year anniversary. So we're really excited about that. And there were just a lot of people that really liked the idea of having an event for girls and women, and uh, making it about writing and about creative empowerment. And of so, course, you know I love that because that's course. my platform. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious what you think about why you know women act differently. Like what? how is it different to have a room of just women and, you know, how does it open them up? Because I experienced this too. Like, you know, obviously I have my female musician Academy and, you know, some people are like, why do you only focus on women? And, you know, isn't that being a little bit discriminatory? And (laughs) my feeling is that when women are in a group with just women, they open up, they're a lot more vulnerable. They just feel more comfortable sharing. And that's why I do it. Yeah, well, and they're not competing with each other for the attention of guys. Now, I, I do have mixers where guys do come, but my events, you know, where I have my song at a girl camps, they are just for women. And I also think because I, I learned something from my mentor, Tom Caps when we studied acting, and there, of course, there were guys there, but he always talked about creating this safe place. And I used to always joke with some of my actor girlfriends about that. But I really wanted to have an environment where people felt really safe to share ideas. And there might be ideas they wanted to share that were particularly about something about being a girl or a woman that they didn't want to say in front of a guy. So the, but the biggest reason is just that I think girls and women just start to compete for the attention of guys without even knowing it. And it just changed the atmosphere. So that was one reason why I did that. And I just wanted to make sure that I really had people's attention too. And when guys are in the room, some girls and women just can't help themselves. <laughs> they, get, they get very drawn, you know, to men and, and guys, and that's fine. I think that's great. But, um, but I wanted to make sure that, that people were really focusing on themselves and they were really able to be true, be true to themselves in that space. Yeah, so, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I'm behind that 100%. So have <laughs> you, who have you, um, I, I noticed on your page that like people like Kelsey Ballerini, Kelsey Ballerini have been to your camps. Right. Is there anyone else that people would know that, you know, would really, you know, that you've gotten to work with over the years that has been awesome at these camps? Well, I've had a lot of great people that uh, came as industry pros that, you know, are, are maybe well known in the industry. Uh, but as attendees, I've had people, a lot of people that got pretty far on The Voice and on American Idol that attended. And um, Claire Dunn, who's now signed to Universal Records, she came as a mentor and as a panelist. And and so there's been a lot of people like that, you know, that, that when they first came and maybe even mentored at camp, 
they hadn't had, hadn't gotten a lot of, very far and had a lot of success with themselves yet, but now they have. But uh, we're of course very proud that Kelsey Ballerini came to camp and and she at that time was a really hardworking writer. She she was very driven and knew what she wanted to do and and that you know of course is something that I think has to be present w- within somebody that that they really know what they want to do again being clear about what they want to do and have a good work ethic and and uh and not afraid to keep going even when the going gets tough even totally. when, <laughs> even when the answers aren't right in front of you and um and you know she she came to Nashville and she was here and then she went back to Knoxville for a while and then she came back to Nashville again and when she came back she had a big satchel of songs and and you know she met up i'm sure with a lot of different people but at Black River they saw how much she valued herself and they saw the value in her and so they they signed her on and the rest is history now are most of the people that come to your camps like are they art, artist writers that they want to sing their own songs or are some of them just they really want to just be a songwriter that both both uh people come to camp that oh i should say people come to camp that have all different kinds of goals but i have people that come to camp that are maybe a little bit older that they decide they, you know, had put off writing for some years and they want to get back into it. Maybe they're just doing it for, for fun. And then I have a lot of singer songwriters, girls that want to be an artist and they're pursuing, you know, being a recording artist. And then there's people that just want to be songwriters, you know, that, that aren't interested really in, in trying to be a star or, being famous in any way, shape, or form. But a lot of indie artists obviously come to my camps. Right. You know, people that are people that are um really striking out on their own and a lot of artists that really have a, a clear picture of who they want to be. They're just trying to get better. They're trying to learn more about, you know, what they need to learn more about the business. And and we don't just uh talk about writing we we put to get people together in teams and they have their writing team, you know, all weekend. But we talk a lot about the music business, about new things that are going on in the music business. We talk about publishing because I really think that people that come to camp should be very empowered. They should know and understand the music business uh, beyond just what it is to come up with a great song. So that's something that, that I focus on and I bring in industry pros that, you know, can talk about these different subjects, um, you know. I'm curious, are there any, like, business mistakes that you see a lot of artists making, you know, that since you've seen artists over and over and that they can learn at your camps how to not make those mistakes? One of the biggest things is something I just spoke about is publishing. I just think that, that everybody that writes songs needs to clearly understand how that works. They need to understand how they make money. Um, the importance of being very organized with their catalog because, you know, if you end up getting songs cut or becoming really successful as an artist in your own right, your catalog becomes more and more profitable. Your catalog becomes more, more valuable. And if you decide to sell your catalog and your catalog is very organized, it has more value, you know, than if, if you're scattered all over the place, you don't know, the date of creation. You don't know who wrote what with who and 
you know, who, who's publishing is where. It, and it's really easy to stay organized these days. There's lots of platforms out there for songwriters and publishers. One I use is called Songspace, and they're based out of Nashville. But there's no way you can mess it up because you just sign in and you just start listing your songs in there and your co-writers, your co-publishers, you can put demos in there, lyrics, you can pitch through that platform. Mm. And so I think, I mean, it doesn't have to be song space, but there's, there's lots out there. That one's great because you're able to pitch through it and you're able to see who's actually listened to your music, which is something that's important too, to see who's really listening to the songs you're sending out. So I would definitely recommend to everybody listening that they really get that part of their music life together is get organized because when you write, after you write hundreds and hundreds of songs, it's really hard to go back and and get all that together. And I'm not saying that every song you write is something that the world needs to hear in a big way. I hope they are, but I just, I don't believe everything that we create is for the masses. I think there's there's lots that we create that we have to work through something to get to the great stuff. So it's still important to catalog all that. Oh, I think that's really good advice. And I, I definitely see a lot of people not, I mean, they don't, like you said, they don't even understand right. how the publishing works and, right. you know, how and to I mean, keep track of it and how I to mean, record I, it to prose and all that stuff. It's, it's so true. You know, and, and there's steps in that in, in, you know, as you're creating a catalog of music and whether or not to have an administrator, which I don't advise having until you really have a revenue stream going. But, um, you know, I, I really believe in making a revenue stream from your music and there's a lot of ways to do it, but it, to be organized is a really smart thing. It's a really smart thing. Well, let's, talk all, about, let's talk about the ways that you make music. I mean, you make money from music since you brought that up. Sure. What, what is, you know, kind of your breakdown of all of your streams of income and, and how that kind of shakes out? Sure. Well, as a, as a writer publisher, <clears throat> of course, I make, me, uh, make money from my PRO. I'm, I'm ASCAP. I'm an ASCAP writer publisher. I make money from that, of course, you know, whenever any songs that have been recorded, like Blake's Austin, Loud, I have a new single with Tiffany, and anybody's music out there that's, anybody that's recorded my music, um, you know, performance-wise, then I get, uh, I get not- notices and royalties, of course, from whenever my music is played. I get paid quarterly with that. And then I have an administrator that, uh, administrates my music that's foreign, I administrate my own music domestically. So anybody that wants to license my music, like if I want, if a song of mine is going to be on a television show, then that production company contacts me and uh, I do a license and then I'm paid whenever that's, I paid for the license for the use. And then I'm paid also by the performing rights organization by ASCAP whenever the song is used. So if it's a sync license, for example, there's always two licenses there. I make money when an artist records one of my songs and if they're going to one, sell CDs, and yes, people still do that. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> or if they're going to um, just have their music be downloadable, then they pay me, you know, for that. That is considered a mechanical, so to speak. And that's what a CD is. It's a mechanical 
uh, use. So I paid for those. And, you know, I, I love this saying, one of my administrators said this to me once that, you know, publishing is a business of pennies. And with streaming and everything now, of course, people like to moan and groan about that. But actually, I think streaming, it, revenue streams are up for streaming for artists and writers and publishers, which is good news. But, um, but, you know, you should always pay attention to who's recording your music because, you know, you can make a lot of money if you have 100 artists, uh, you know, a year recording your music and they're artists that are really selling a lot of downloads and are selling a lot of CDs and streams, then you could really be making some nice money. There's also uh, revenue streams like, uh, for example, Hit License, where, you know, you pay $5 to submit your song for a pitch, but if your song gets chosen or selected for a certain license opportunity, then you make all that money back. So those are different ways that I make money from music. And then, of course, performing live. You know, when I go out and perform, I'm paid to perform as well. So now I saw that you've also kind of become a, a speaker. Does that, is that included in your performance? Like, do you combine the music and the speaking? Yeah. Or is that a separate thing? Yeah, I do. I get hired to do keynote concert performances or, you know, speaking engagements. And I have a, uh, a keynote that I do that has original music in it that I perform myself. I play piano and sing. Mm-hmm. Well, you sound just like me. That's exactly what I used to do <laughs> oh, when I cool. performed all the time. I had kind of this, you know, signature concert that I did. Yeah, it's so much fun, you know, it because is. it's so unexpected for people. You know, they're they're used to a keynote speaker, and sometimes I guess keynote speakers cannot be too exciting. But they're, you know, it's fun when they get to hear music because people always love music. They always can connect to that, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and how did you get started doing that? Just did somebody ask you to speak once and you're like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to make this into a signature concert. Yeah. It, you know, it just kind of came together very serendipitously. You know, I was facilitating a workshop on creative courage at an event and somebody asked me if I wanted to do a keynote speaking, uh, opportunity, have a keynote speaking opportunity. And I did. And at that time I was working on my music being in a keynote presentation. And so it just started off that way. Mm. So it's just, it's just a lot of fun how things, you know, how things can work out and how they morph into something else. It's, it's really cool. I love how life works like that. I know me too. It's <laughs> so, you know, over your career, yeah. is there anything that, you know, a big highlight, a big moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, pinch me. I can't believe this happened. This is just the coolest. Well, I'd have to say the first time I heard Austin on the radio with Blake Shelton singing, if that was a real mm-hmm. pinch me moment, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I, I, it makes me sad, the thought, you know, when people talk about terrestrial radio going away, because there, there's nothing so exciting as that. It's, it's just an amazing thing, you know, to be riding along in a car and, and I guess now to you on satellite radio, I guess you could, you could equate it to that, but it's a really exciting thing. And, you know, and another exciting thing too is it, and it still is for me is when somebody comes up and tells me that one of their songs really moved them or it's one of their favorite songs and they love it. And they're so excited to meet me. And that's, that's a really cool thing because I always view songs, you know, that they're real gifts to us and in they're just kind of funneled through us somehow. And, and I just always think that's really, 
really amazing when somebody is so moved by something I've created. I, I will always, always love that. Mm, yeah, definitely agree with that. And luckily that happens more often than, you know, once in a lifetime. So you get to enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. So are there, I know you mentioned the artist way. Are there any other books or resources that you would recommend to artists either about songwriting or about the business of music or even about maybe self-development? Sure. Well, uh, another good one is this business of music by Donald Passman. And I think they publish a new one every year. It's not the most exciting read, but it's, <laughs> very, <laughs> it's a very good one to learn uh, more and more about the music business. And I cannot encourage your listeners enough to learn as much as they can about the music business. I mean, it is the music business. And so you want to really know as much as you can. Another book that I love is Creative Visualization by Shakti Gwana. And I love that book and is one that I read, uh, have read rather many times because I think, um, you know, as we change and grow as artists and creators, you know, a book like that can really impact you at different times in your life. Another book that I love that was written by Rhonda Byrne, of course, who was part of The Secret, is The Magic. And that's all about gratitude. And and it's a really in-depth view on being grateful in your life and, and how deep that gratitude can go. And I truly love that book. And, and I can't say enough about how gratitude has changed things in my life. And um, it's just an amazing book to read, Mm. you know, and in any book, any book out there that, you know, reaches somebody in the way of how they can manifest their dreams and manifest things in their life, whether it's about creativity or just about living an amazing, positive life. I always encourage people to read books like that, to, um, to work with people that encourage that kind of lifestyle. So love that. Love that. Definitely heard a few of those mentioned before on here, but that, that second one, I don't think I've ever heard mentioned before. So that's okay. Great. Well, that's good. Um, so I want to give you a little chance to talk about songwriter girl camp, you know, when it is, um, how they can get involved, all that stuff. Oh, thanks so much for allowing me to do that. Uh, yeah, my next songwriter girl camp is June 24th and 25th at Scarrett Bennett center on music row here in Nashville. It's a weekend event and we start each day at 9am and that weekend is filled with like I was talking before, co-writing, networking, meeting people in the industry, uh, learning about publishing. We do stage performance coaching, and we have a panel with industry pros. Uh, that panel usually consists of all women that have been successful in the industry, and they're from different walks of life in the industry. You could be a hit songwriter, a manager, a publisher, a producer, and uh, also, anybody that comes to camp can enter my best song in camp round, and I pick four writers, and the best song in camp wins a free demo, which we will, we will be recording at the Parlor Recording Studios on Music Row on Sunday morning. Now, if you want to buy a pass to camp, you can go to my Songwriter Girl site, songwritergirl.com, and you'll find my store there, and I'm running... For my 10-year anniversary, I wanted to pay it forward, so I'm running a special of uh, two-for-one, two girls or two girls or two women, two songwriter girls can come to camp for $500, 
or you can buy a camp pass half off for 250. So mm -hmm. that's the best deal I've ever offered in the course of my camps. And uh, we still have some spots left. So I hope that you're going to join us. And if you uh, want to email me, you can email me at info at songwritergirl.com, info at songwritergirl.com. And we'll be happy to answer any questions you have about camp. But I do sign people up to the minute that we start camp. But it is, of course, better if you sign up ahead of time so that make to make sure that you have a place. And Scarrett Bennett also has dorm rooms. If you want to stay inexpensively on campus, you can do that there. And there are hotels close by. And, uh, and so I hope that your, your listeners take advantage of that great deal and come to camp. Yeah, that, uh, that's a great deal. Wow. Thank you. And, and going forward, uh, I'm going to be offering a really great online teaching program with Songwriter Girl. And I do a lot of creative mentoring as well. So I love doing that kind of work. And, and so if anybody's interested in that, they can find me online as well. Now, if people find this after June 24th and 25th, what do you do these camps once a year or? Yeah, I do events once a year. And for people in Nashville, I do mixers that are free, that are just a community building uh, opportunity. And they're usually the first Wednesday of the month. I'm not going to have one in June, but going forward, I usually have one every month. And I usually hold them at a coffee shop in Old Hickory, which is where I live, called Uncommon Grounds. So, and I'm always in, uh, into meeting new writers. You know, if people want to email me, write me, and ask me questions, I'm always interested in meeting new writers. I, I just, I love to encourage people, and I really have a mission and a vision to build a, a giant songwriting community globally and connect everybody. So that's, that's my dream. Very cool. I love all of that. Thank so, you. Songwritergirl.com. And we'll put a link on the show notes under this episode as well on our website, femmusician.com. And uh, how will people find you other than that on social media? Do you have um, connections there? Sure. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm songwritergirl1. And Facebook, you can find me at songwritergirl. I have a personal page, Kirstie Mana, but just go to my songwritergirl page. And also, we have a songwritergirl channel on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. And we do Facebook Lives, Brie, every Monday at 6.30 on songwritergirl. So we'll be doing a Facebook Live tonight, and tonight we're talking about image. Awesome. I love that you're doing that. That's great. Cause I, how long have you been doing that? Just curious, the Facebook lives. Oh gosh. We've been doing Facebook lives now for about three months. Have you been every doing Monday. it every Monday night? For mm, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, just, I was very resistant to like doing it every week at the same time, but finally I'm like, dang it. I have to do it. Yeah. Every at the same time because then people know when to show up so i oh yeah like a month ago yeah it's, it's been super it's, fun when do you do yours mine's wednesdays at noon okay i'll have to tune in on the women of substance radio and podcast page oh great well thanks for doing that i mean i just i just think that you know what what my plan in life is that everybody gets encouraged and everybody wants to be an encourager so yeah so you know we're all we're all in there doing it together and everybody's message is is different in in their own unique way but i just hope everybody's message is the same you know just be encouraging and always uplifting to people and and grateful for each other's creativity because that's really what makes the world go round and and it, it creates a lot of joy and and we we 
can use all of that that we can get in life. Absolutely. I'm totally on board with all of that. <laughs> awesome. It's Yay. been great having you. It's been so wonderful. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with our listeners. Thanks. Today. Thanks so much for everybody out there listening. And I appreciate everything that you do. And I'll just leave everybody with this. Whatever you do, stay inspired. Mm, love it. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.